Hi, my name's Tara Humphrey and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast, where I will be sharing interviews and insights from the field of healthcare. The Business of Healthcare podcast is brought to you by THC Primary Care, where we provide operations and project management to primary care networks. If you are a clinical director or a practice manager and your to-do list is growing by the minute and you could do with an extra pair of hands to support you to roll out your network-based contracts and projects, I would love to help you. We also provide consultancy and coaching advice to healthcare business owners and clinical leads looking to take the next step in their career or their business. Come and check us out at www.thcprimarycare.co.uk. Hi and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. So in today's episode, I have brought on my health coach, Dr. Helen Loire. Helen is a GP, she's a TV presenter, she's obviously a health coach, she's a mum, she's a wife, she's absolutely amazing. And I reached out to Helen initially for support with my sleep because I think I've mentioned on this podcast quite a few times, I'm not a great sleeper and don't get many hours during the week. It's not something I'm proud of. It's something I wanted to improve. So I initially reached out to Helen for sleep and got just so much more. I got life advice. I got business advice. I got productivity advice. I've realized what I have in like my own, we call it my kind of like personal well-being toolkit and the things that give me energy I really understand now my values and how they drive my day-to-day decisions. When I first met Helen, and I talk about this in the main podcast, I didn't want to change my life. I did not want a transformational coach. I was very, very clear about that. And I'm still clear about that. But in not wanting to transform my life, I feel like I probably have. And I was always happy. What I have now is it's my it's my happiness is magnified and I've got clarity in what I want and how I'm going to get it and that's been amazing 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 so this podcast is for you if you a want to hear behind the scenes of coach and a coachee so you can get a little bit of insight into what we talk about and it's also for those of you that thinking about getting a coach but not quite sure what they do, what to talk about, how a coach is of benefit and we also talk about money and investing. So those of you thinking, well I'm not why would you pay for that? We talk about that as well. So enjoy and I'll see you in the next one. Hi Helen, thank you so much for joining me on the Business of Healthcare podcast. How are you doing? Morning. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. I'm well, thank you. Cool. So I wanted Helen to come on. Helen is my health coach at the moment and really enjoying working with her. And I thought it'd be a good opportunity to bring Helen on to share with you guys how I work with a coach because I know so many people would like a coach, but they're not quite sure. If they've never had a coach, they're not quite sure. 
sometimes they're a bit scared of the investment. Is it worth it? What do we talk about if there is nothing major going on? So I just thought we would have a good conversation around how I have used a coach or how I am using a coach just to give you guys a little bit of an idea. And also, I like to share what goes on behind the scenes. So, Helen, could you share with our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, well, first of all, I feel really nervous because normally it's me grilling you. I shouldn't (laughs) use the word grilling. That's not what coaching is. Um, And I guess we'll get into this. But normally it's me asking you the probing questions and getting you to delve deep and asking you how you feel about your emotions, (laughs) which I know you don't like. So it's quite nerve wracking being on the other end. Yeah. So I'm a GP. I've been a doctor now for about 10 years. Um, I've worked in the NHS in all that time and I'm a GP and I'm based in Leeds and I'm actually I've got quite a unique role I'm not sure if there's anyone else out there in the country with this job title but I'm the lifestyle medicine lead for one medical group Um, and I'm also women's health lead so those are my two interest areas and there's a bit of a story about how that came about the lifestyle medicine lead in that I was facing some mental health and physical health problems in my own life when I was working as a newly qualified GP, you know, primary care, very stress, stressful environment to work in. And especially as a newly qualified GP, I think I had um, certain expectations of what it would be like and um, found myself really, really struggling. And so uh, turned towards lifestyle medicine and applied the principles in my own life. And, and still I'm still on that journey now. And that's what led me to realise the power of lifestyle medicine um, for helping patients. And that's also what led me to getting my own coach for the first time, because I really felt like I needed guidance. I needed help navigating. I knew that I had the answers in me somewhere, but I needed help navigating through that difficult crossroads and that transition in my life. So yeah, and that's how I've ended up here, I guess, yeah. with you. But you do so much more. You do more. Don't be don't be shy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate talking about myself. It's so cringe. Um, yeah, so I also work in the media. So I'm a, a TV doctor, TV presenter, and a media expert. And most recently I've been working on some of the COVID campaigns for the Cabinet Office. I also do shows like Food and Wraps and How to Lose Weight Well. And um, more recently, I've become the resident GP on Steph's Pat Lunch, which is a new daytime uh, talk show, which airs from Leeds. It's really nice just to have a short drive down to the studio. Normally, I end up schlepping across the country or even internationally. The furthest it's taken me, TV's taken me, is Tanzania. So quite an exciting part to my career. Oh, so I found Helen. I've been following her on Instagram and I was first attracted, like she's got really lovely dress sense. And then when she said that she had a coaching program, I was like on it straight away. So if anybody is doubting whether you can market your services and make money on Instagram, like you absolutely, you absolutely can. When I first reached out to Helen, I wanted help with my sleep. So I used to think I'm a really bad sleeper. Professional people have like have eight hours of sleep had this really fancy morning routine and I really wanted to improve my sleep so when I saw Helen's uh, post come up I was like yeah let's see what a health coach can do because I wasn't really quite sure and but I was definitely open-minded to it because I've had coaches in the past and I'm of the mindset where if I can get to my goal quicker I'm going I'm going to pay for that I don't want to take the long winding route round and I've been trying with my sleep for ages and it's not working so could you share 
what was that? What did we discuss in our first session when I was in the car and I was in my netball kit? <laughs> <laughs> that is so typical of you, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the first session was really about delving deep and establishing what the challenges are that you'd face so far, really. So we all come up against challenges, don't we, in our health and in our life. And actually, the beauty of health coaching is it straddles life coaching as well, because you can't address one without addressing the other. They're so interwoven. And so it was really about yeah establishing the challenges you've been facing, which mainly was sleep at the time. Although, of course, sleep was just the door that we were opening. That was, just, that was the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I guess getting to know what your values were, your priorities and your vision. It's really about when I work with clients, it's really about creating a vision, helping them to realize what their vision is for their health. So what, how they want to experience life, how they want to experience health. I think it's really important to have a vision and to be clear on what it is because it's easy to set goals. But if we're not clear on where exactly we want to go, it, it makes it more difficult to align ourselves with that vision and reach our goals, but it can also mean we end up in a place which isn't where we really wanted to be. So the first three sessions are really getting to know each other as well. And often that can take a few weeks. We work together on a weekly basis to begin with. And often that can take a few weeks to really get to know each other. Um, yeah. Yeah. I remember, so, and I'll be really honest, and I have said this to Helen, so I'm not being, <laughs> I'm being mean. First session I loved, went skipping off. It was great. Second, in your netball kit yeah and the second session I found really really hard and I remember phoning up my friend Ali and was like I don't know if this is going to work because I think I have I kind of knew this but I think it takes me quite a long time to get to know somebody and I'm even though in some respects I'm an open I, I'm happy to share things that are not emotional to me so I can share about work but when Helen, and even now when she asked me, like, how does that make you feel? And why? Why do you want to do it? And I think, well, because I just do. She'd be like, but why? <laughs> I think, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> just because. Really. Um, so I did find it really difficult. And my friend Ali said, Tara, you've had coaches before. Like, she seems like she knows what she's doing. Just give it time. So I think the first lesson I want to share with people that is that if you, in the first few sessions, unless you have a real reaction to your coach, you know, like from off the bat and you think, no, like listen mm. to that. Yeah. But I think if you don't have a, a first, you know, like spark connection and you find some of the questions hard, like stick with it. I've renewed my session. We were just talking about before me renewing again. So if I had have given up, I would have missed out and I think that probably you're learning so much more about yourself when you struggle to answer the questions because they're questions exactly. that you don't ask yourself and it can feel uncomfortable I can't remember some of the questions but why I wanted to do things why was it important one of the things that really helped me is that um Helen you helped me identify one of my values and that was adventure and it's like a oh, funny yes. that's a funny um value because most people like kind compassionate and yeah like, hard working yeah none of that <laughs> mine is just like ambition adventure and that's yeah. really really important to me and I think it's things like that and it's those questions it's around what are you what do you think your values are and really digging into like what do you want your life to be and for me it was for those of you who know um I've climbed Kilimanjaro I've climbed 
uh, Mount Chibcow. I'm doing some ultra marathons. I've got Everest Base Camp this year. Hopefully this year keeps getting postponed because of COVID, but it's due to happen in November 21. That's really important to me. So I want to make sure I set up my lifestyle so I can do those things, so I can afford those things and have a solid relationship so I can not leave, you know, like leave mm. and st- yeah. have still be me and come yeah. back home and have that space. So that value mm. of, of, all, of all of them has been really key. And I'd never vocalized it like that. So I think yeah. that, that was really, really good for me. Oh, good. I'm so pleased to hear that. I think you've really illus- illustrated beautifully what coaching involves really whether it's a business coach or life coach in our um, instance health coaching it's someone who's going to ask you the questions that no one's ever asked you before and like you said earlier it's an investment actually it's an investment of your money it's an investment of your time you're a busy lady and you have to see it as an investment because if you put in the work and turn up to the sessions be present and we have little mini goals, don't we? A little mini homeworks or action yeah. steps in between, because that's what you like. It's not for everybody, but that's the, what works well for you. Then you, it will begin to pay off and you will begin to reap the rewards. And actually, my approach is very much about um, being curious and non-judgmental. And I think that's the difference really between working as a health coach with clients and working as a doctor with patients is that first of all there's quite a few differences but the first one is we have the time so our sessions are an hour you really have the time to delve deep and I'm really asking the questions because I trust that you know what's best for you it's in there somewhere and I'm just there to ask the probing questions to help you tap into that I'm not the expert here you're the expert of you you're the expert of your life and I trust that and I hold that vision for you as well And I think that's the key. And it very much is the sorts of questions which establishing the barriers for you, bringing self-awareness, what are the challenges, what motivates you, why are things important? I remember the first time I asked you a feelings question. So I'm a very feelings-based person. That's how I navigate through life. It's about how I feel. It was challenging, but now (laughs) you you, you found it challenging. (laughs) You did, and I could see that. And But now... First of all, now I'll put like a little disclaimer, I'll go, I'm about to ask you a feelings-based question <laughs> to warn you. But like you say, it's that delving deep and pushing, that that's where the changes happen. That's where the transformation, a word you don't like, that's where the transformation tends to happen, isn't it? That's where the change really happens. So that's really important. So when I, we first started working together, um, and for me, so I don't be disrespectful, I didn't, I wanted to improve my sleep but I didn't want to, I didn't want a transformational coach. I didn't want to transfer. I like my life. And I think what has been highlighted to me is I really do like the lifestyle that I've built. Um, I don't want to change. I don't want to transform. And I really don't, I just don't like that. I just want to be more me. So that is really important. Yeah. So every time you'd ask me a question that was like trans, like going down that transformational (laughs) path, I think, no, (laughs) <laughs> just let me be me I just want to be me but in that process and I, I wish I had it I won't open up my email now but you kind of did that you know like that kind of questionnaire at the end mm. and I did put I think I put something like in not wanting to change I probably have transformed yes because I think I remember that. I'm so clear on my values I'm really clear on 
who I am. So we've had conversations about food and I'm not, so for those people that have met me, I'm very tall. I'm 5'10". I'm a I size, didn't know you were 5'10", actually. Yeah, I'm 5'10", too. <laughs> um, and I would say I, I'm a, like a classic size 12, I think. And I think probably, you know, like you bring stories with you, like from the past. And I think one of them was, I think in the past, you know, like I always wanted to be slimmer, wanted to be smaller, wanted to be different. I wanted to be different to who I, what I look like. And then I got to a phase where I just thought, this is me. I don't want to check. I could be thinner. Absolutely. Definitely could be. But I just can't. It's not part of my, when I look at my values, being thinner is not going to get me to the top of Everest. Do you know what yes, I mean? It's just exactly. not being fitter mm, is. Mm. Sleeping better is. And diet to a degree. But it's, it, I think it's, you've helped me reframe certain things. Um, but it was never, it's, that's just one example. And I think what's really nice about working with you is that you can't, you do like, you kind of like, I hear you. Okay. Like yeah. we'll move, we'll kind mm, of move off mm. that. So I think that when you come to, I suppose my advice is when you come to coaching is to have an open mind. And sometimes Helen would ask me questions and I would say, I need to think about it. Yeah. And like, mm. I can't answer on the spot. Mm-hmm. I just, I generally don't mm. know. And yeah. I, sometimes the question, some of the questions that kind of maybe not annoyed me, but I'd think, mm, no. <laughs> and then I would go away and then I would really think, like I definitely did my homework. So I would say, depending on where you are and why you use a coach, you may get instant answers in your session and it's fine. But I think for me, the kind of the the work comes after the session. So I'll be like, hmm, that's interesting. And I'll go away and think about it. And then the answer will come to me. Then the clarity will come to me. So another piece of advice is that if you don't get the immediate answers that you're, and they don't, your coach doesn't give you answers, but if you don't, answers don't come to you, like that's okay. It's a, Mm. it's probably the the juice happens outside of the sessions if you do the work. And as I'm talking, I've got my little, Oh yeah, like my my little diary is so funny. I had COVID when we worked together, and I kind of just writing down my COVID thoughts. I think that was the first time I cried. We had a session, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And I was just so upset because I was just like, God, I can't do anything. Yeah, I don't think you're used to not being physically able. You weren't used to being yeah. ill. You're such a healthy person. You're probably one of the healthiest people I know, most physically active. And that was a real low point, wasn't it? Yeah, but then I kept thinking. Am I so healthy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> for nothing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> saying to my husband, if I die, people are going to go, well, she wasn't that healthy. <laughs> <laughs> As if that's the way your thoughts <laughs> went. Um, <sighs> so you have to write, I keep saying to her, she has to write a book. She has mm. lots of questions around just helping you to find clarity so one of the things um, I love working with you and you have to compile all your coaching questions into a book or like <laughs> graphics is some of the questions that you ask. And I think a lot of our listeners will, well, we all have, I think, in life will experience that feeling of should I go or should I stay? When it, when it let's keep it to work. Mm. When is it time to move on? When is it time to speak to my boss? When is it time to set up my own business? 
yeah. and go it alone. Mm. Have you got any coaching questions that could help our listeners to help work through some of those feelings and emotions and questions? Yeah, definitely. This is the juiciness. This is what I love. <laughs> so that's when a coach your best investing in the coach is when you are at a crossroads when you think oh, I'm really just not sure it can feel a bit muddy a bit unclear you need some clarity and guidance and you're in a transition phase of your life and so often we face that in our, in our careers don't we and or when we're in a, a place of work so the first question I would have is what do you need to let go of that's no longer serving you and so this could be people this could be a job this could be mindset it could be some habits that you have but sometimes we need to let go of things that are no longer serving us so that we can make space for creating habits rituals a life which is going to lead us to where we do want to go so the first thing is to let go and I use the word serving it can sound quite militant but really what I mean by that is anything that's not going to get you to where you want to go so that leads me on to the next question where do you want to be in 90 days time that's not three three months is normally a good starting point where do you see yourself in 90 days time and leading on for that when you're there imagine yourself being where you want to be in 90 days time what does that look like what does that feel like and that can be quite difficult to conceptualize that question what it looks like is who are the people around you? Where's your place of work? You know, what does a day-to-day look like? And what are the feelings that are associated with that? Do you feel happy, relaxed, confident? So it's reflecting on what you need to let go of, thinking about the future and what that looks like, and then coming back to the present. So the sorts of questions I would ask in that situation are, what are the habits that are going to get you to where you need to be? And, And often to figure this out, we need to know, what our priorities are and what our values are. So these are the really juicy questions I think you really enjoyed and you were really, really good at. And actually, you didn't even really need to think. that These things were just there. So what are your values? And we mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast. So pick five values and you can pick personal values and professional values. I think sometimes it's quite useful to differentiate. And as I look up now in my home office on my pin board I've got my values pinned up here I've got my personal ones there my professional ones there there is some overlap so really get to know what what those are think about what those are and some of them might be what they are at the moment and some of them might be what you want your values to be and then lastly what are your priorities what are your five priorities in life and this is where you really need to think holistically (laughs) you've got yours written down yeah um so think holistically. So this isn't just work related, even if we're think, looking at a work situation. This is about love, relationships, health, finances, security, mental health. Are you going to share yours now? No. No, too personal. <laughs> they are. It is really, really personal. This is the, the really nitty gritty stuff that you might need to work on and think about over a number of weeks. But once you can be clear on where they are, it makes getting to where you want to be so much easier because you just keep coming back to them. Yeah. If you're in a tricky situation, you need to make a decision. What are my values? What are my priorities? And then it's easier to clear the clutter. It's easier to let go of the things that aren't aligned with your values, that aren't one of your priorities. And I know we did a really great activity one week, which was for the next week, clear everything in the diary that isn't one of your priorities. And that can feel really liberating if only just to do that for a week. That was easy. That was really easy for me yeah. because it was so clear 
So one mm. of the things I'm looking at, one another question is, uh, will this give me energy or will this deplete me? And that yes. is, that's a really good way to you know, manage your day. And I think that one, and I suppose you probably can speak to this better than me, is mm. that I'm self-employed. But, you know, I, I've got clients. So I think in the past and before we worked together, you go through that stage where you say yes to everything. Yes, 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 yes. Because you need, but you need the money. And you're starting out, you're trying to work out where is my sweet spot. And then you get to the fact, you get you build your confidence. And in that question around, I use that when I've got, when I'm about to work with, well, I have that discovery call with a client. And I think, mm, I don't know. <laughs> like, I think that this will deplete me. You know, like they don't have the clarity. They don't have the time. They just want to, you know, like farm it out. And actually, it's helping me to attract the clients where I think, God, this sounds really exciting. They seem really motivated. They've got a bit more clarity. I can definitely do something here. So I think that question for me, along with the others, has been really helpful. And the questions just layer upon. And there's been a period of time where our sessions have, uh, what do you call it? Like we, we sometimes meet weekly. Then it was like mm. every two weeks. And then during yeah. COVID, then we had a really big mm-hmm. gap. Mm-hmm. I would say so I'm not I keep I keep a gratitude journal which is like bullet points but I've never because I'm not like a feelings based person <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. keep a journal so I wouldn't typically write down my thoughts and feelings when I first started working with Helen she sent me this beautiful stationery kit and I've got a little notebook where I write down all the notes from our sessions and you can self-coach yourself and I remember at the very beginning Helen said to me and it was like your voice changed and I think you said to me it was something like around this has to be sustainable you need to Mm. be able to do this you know like by yourself I was like right (laughs) Um, (laughs) so in between our sessions it is very tempting to call you Mm. and then I think Tara you know like you've got the questions Mm. take a bit take a breath and can you do it yourself? You know, like, can you do it yourself? And I think that's a, um, I think it's excellent. And I can, I definitely can kind of work yeah. through it and think about it. And for coaches yeah. out there, and I think with sleep, you said we got to a period of time where you mm. said we need to do something different. Mm. And you referred me to Sleep Station. Mm-hmm. And so, so you kind of referred me away from you and in yeah. session one you mm-hmm. were very clear like this is a defined program mm. and you need to be able to do this by yourself mm. and sustain mm. the changes so I was like yeah. right and in, I just want to say to people that are coaches in Helen doing that it makes it's made me want to work with her more she's kind of referred <laughs> me away because it's like you understand your I tend to like scope of practice, but you are happy to say, actually, maybe I'm not the expert. You know, I've given you all that I can give you. Third me away. I did part of, I didn't finish it all. (laughs) I did part of sleep station and it has really, really helped me. You know, like both of you, both of them have really, really helped me. Mm. And I've reached a phase. Mm. I've changed my mindset about sleep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's really about knowing your boundaries, isn't it? So I know what my boundaries are in terms of my the word you term you use was scope of practice. I know where my expertise and my strengths are and I recognize where those end. And it's the same in work when we're thinking about work and the clients that you're working with. 
it's really important to have clear boundaries. And that includes developing a healthy no practice, which is something that you've gotten really good at, is at the beginning, like you said, you want to say yes to everything, don't you? And when your business is growing, but then if you continue to do that, then what you're doing is you're putting yourself at risk of burnout. Because that feeling of overwhelm happens when we're saying yes to too many things. And it's at that stage we have to recognise that we're feeling stressed. We may or may not be heading towards burnout. And we did a a session on this, didn't we? Recognising what um, optimum being is, what stress is and what burnout is as a continuum. And if you can develop a healthy no practice, that can be really helpful. And I've had to do this. And you might have to do it at different times in your life, like I've recently become a new mum. So therefore, I've had to review my no practice. And by no practice, I mean when people ask you to do things for them, being able to say no. When new opportunities come up in business, as much as you want to say yes because you like the person or it's a good opportunity to make a difference or financially, sometimes you have to say no. And saying no to one opportunity, of course, opens up space for another one. And that's really, really, really important. If there's one bit of advice I can give to anyone, it, it would be to work on saying no more often. And it's not being negative. It's it's really um, playing to your strengths and making sure you're protecting your own well-being and you have good boundaries. Definitely. I said no this week. So a client wanted me to do a piece of work and I looked at my diary and there is white space in my diary deliberately. So white space doesn't mean chuck in another meeting. The yeah. white space means that's the time to do the work outside of the the, the, the meeting generated or the client Absolutely. generated. Mm. So I looked at my diary and I thought it looks, you know, like it looks nice. You know, like it's it's got the right amount. I don't want nothing in my diary because that's like scary for me. But it's a nice amount of work. And I did say no. And in the end, she came back to me and said, oh, could we do this? And so I think from a business perspective, and I suppose it is different. For those of you that are listening, that own their own businesses, that are self-employed, sometimes saying no makes you more desirable rather than just saying, yes, I can do everything, you know, like that day. Mm. And if I'd have said yes, it would have reduced the quality of all of my work that week. So my client, none of the clients would have got the best. They would have got mediocre with probably a few mistakes. So sometimes Mm. you have to... Well, not sometimes, every single time you have to place yourself first. Yes, absolutely. Somebody said to me, your business will take everything you've got. It will never be satisfied. Mm. It will keep taking. It will just keep taking. Your Mm. business won't say to you, Tara, no. It will just be like more, feed me more, feed me more. And yes, there are times where you have to put your foot on the pedal, but it still doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your own well-being. You need to get organized. You need to be smart and you need to, we've had sessions where, and I'd recorded a podcast on gearing up for busy periods. There are moments where, you know, like you may have to work a little bit later, but I still have a bath every single day. I still exercise. I don't stop doing the things that give me energy when I don't have the time. And that's really easy to do. You know, like you're really busy. So it's like, okay, well, I won't exercise, you know, like I have a two minute shower instead of having like a 20 minute bath. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I won't write in my journal. I won't do any of this stuff because you're trying to find more time. But I think it's that stuff mm. we talked about. I realized I had my own well being toolkit and we've all got it. Yeah. yeah. We've all got yeah. the things that we do. 
and then they just become habit they're just non I don't even think about it mm. and I think one of my goals was when I I don't want to track my life I just want to live my life and what I mean by that is when you know like when you start a new goal it's like well I'm going to exercise maybe like exercise or I'm going to do so many steps and you're you're tracking your steps and you're I, I you may count calories and things like that but to me I want to get to a place where this is just what I do so meditation that's just what I do um exercise is just what I do um yeah. I'm not but you know and I think the tracking it can it definitely works but I think for me if I missed a day I'd think oh no, <laughs> like, oh, no. yeah I've failed whereas now I mean exercise exercise and meditation are not a great example maybe they are because I've done that for so long mm. but doing meditation in the middle of the day was a new practice mm. yeah it's taken a couple of minutes mm. Mm. deep breath mm. and then to crack on and now it's not I just do it yeah um, it's automatic I think this is where you you're just I'm going to embarrass you now you're just absolutely incredible because and you were doing this before we met and I think it's just that you've sort of up leveled on it you are really really good at becoming a master of habit change so what partly this is about is it's about doing small easy things making small easy changes I'm going to go for a five minute walk around the block once a week achievable and then that builds up what we call self-efficacy confidence in your ability to achieve a certain task or or goal and I think with you you really like tracking you like numbers you like to be able to see and monitor what's going on and the beauty of that is that it brings awareness to what the good things are that are going on in your life oh actually I've done 110 meditations or actually I'm getting this amount of sleep so it's all about bringing self-awareness and that's why tracking can be useful as long as it's approached with flexibility of mindset so like you've mentioned if you do miss a day just sort of trying to be flexible about that's okay I'll track again again another day or I've not done as many hours of this or I've not eaten as many vegetables today but that's okay I'm being flexible about it and then also coming back to the saying no thing, which is all linked in, because you're able to say no to certain things, it means you can actually say yes to self-care. And by self-care, I mean sleep, having a bath, reading a book, going for a walk, cooking a healthy meal, all those things. And I think that, like you say, it's easy for those to be the first thing that suffers. Health is normally the first thing to go, isn't it? Especially yeah. sleep. It's if we're short of time, it's normally the first thing. We'll just, oh, I'll just grab some food or it doesn't matter. I'll go to bed late. Whereas actually, if you can begin to prioritize those things and embed those things within your life so that they're so automated, you don't even have to think about it, which is where you've got to, then it's non-negotiable. Definitely. I think what, so I was just, when you think, and you're saying that, I was thinking when we first met, I, I, <laughs> My kind of terrible food choice is when I'm really busy was a packet of Uncle Ben's golden vegetable rice <laughs> with a bit of sweet chili sauce. So that was like my go-to. And then going back to, I suppose it's not, I didn't track it, but I was more aware and I was a bit like, I'm not a foodie. I'm not going to cook. I'm not going to do batch cooking. So now I've got a food subscription to all plants and they're in my fridge at work. So it's a little bit 
tied to it, but it is just self. If I suppose I don't, none of us like the word self care, mm-hmm. but it is. It's mm-hmm. like actually, if I'm going to have a good day and really need to concentrate on a complex task, eating biscuits and eating a sachet of rice is not. And if I then want to do like a half marathon, you know, that's not going to give me the juice that is going to make me productive. So actually, yeah. what can yeah. I do to make my life easier? Just take the thought price out of it. So it's like, okay, yes. I can have a good, it's like a meal delivery comes once a week. It's really healthy, high in protein. And then I don't have to think about it. And then that's yeah. another thing. Like, just don't, uh, I suppose I am, a. it's not about, for me, taking shortcuts, but it's just about getting I don't know, doing the minimum to get the most. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I am totally on board with that. It really is. Life is tough. You know, you run a business, you are a wife, you're a mother. Life is really busy. And so the things that we have to do, like eat, sleep, look after ourselves, if you can form lots of tiny, easy, simple habits, routines and rituals that are also healthy and also make you happy. So I call them happy, healthy habits. Then you want to a winner because if you know that they're going to support you in your health and they're going to make you feel good, then you're going to be able to sustain them. That's the science behind the behavior change. And the more that I think, the more that you can make automatic and the more that you can invest, whether it's a food subscription or it might be batch cooking for someone else. Or, for example, we get the modern milkman. So we get the milk and eggs delivered to our doorstep twice a week. The more that you can invest in those things, the more that you can use your mental energy to focus on what really matters, which is growing your business, helping your clients, because otherwise we get to decision fatigue point where we're so tired, we're so overwhelmed, we don't have time. And that's when, especially with food, we end up making the decisions that aren't necessarily supportive for us. So that's when we might reach for the packet of Uncle Ben's rice. And by the way, that's like the healthiest junk food snack anyone's ever shared with me. Like, I really don't think, you know, that's that's quite good. <laughs> it's even got bits of carrot in, hasn't it? <laughs> well, they say um, it's carrot. I think it's just orange plastic. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so the more we can set up our world and our daily lives, this is about our daily lives, really. It's about taking a magnifying glass and really zoning in and zooming in on what we're doing on a daily basis those little habits that maybe we weren't we didn't even realize we were doing so we didn't even realize that having three cups of coffee a day with one sugar in was actually has actually caused us to gain a stone in weight over a year and a half and actually means that by the by 3 p.m in the afternoon we're knackered and we're really tired and then we reach for more to pick us up and yeah I think that's why getting a coach can be really helpful because it gives you the hour once a week to really focus in on bringing awareness to these small daily habits, rituals, and routines. And really that's what you've done. You've not changed yourself. You're still the same person, but what you've done is you've drawn attention and brought self-awareness and then you've moved towards acceptance. This is who I am. And also drawing attention to the good bits as well, which is really, really important. That's what I love about positive psychology, which I use a lot in my work. So for those of you guys listening, I wanted to share with you the weeks where you feel like you've got nothing to talk about. So sometimes and weekly for me is really not weekly sessions may seem a little bit intense because there's no drama. There's no I'm I wasn't really at a crossroads 
to be honest. I just saw the opportunity to work with you and I was like, uh, health, sleep. And then not really knowing what I was going to get. And there have been some weeks where I'm like, do I need to see Helen? There's nothing really... I like talking to her, but I don't want to waste her time and I don't want to waste a session just chatting. But those chats are like, I love a Friday because it boosts me up for the rest of the, like the end of the week, um, sees me into the next week. And sometimes I just wanted to emphasize, you don't have to go to your coach with a problem and you don't have to I think working with Helen and I'm sure working with other coaches it's not like session one we're going to do this session two we're going to do you know like we don't talk about a subject just because mm. we you know like it's part of your pro you know like your 10 you don't you know like a 10-step program so I don't skip those mm. sessions and there's always something and sometimes it's just nice to reflect what happened yeah. in your week and even now I think oh there's nothing <laughs> There's always stuff there, isn't there? There's always there something. is. There is always stuff. I also want to talk about money. So mm. not everybody and has got the funds to have a health coach. But in healthcare, we're so lucky that there is the Looking After You Two program, which people people in primary care can get six free coaching sessions. There's looking mm. after your team. So managers can get coaching sessions for themselves to look after their team. But I would really not encourage, it is an investment and it will just pay you back, it pay you back so much. A good coach, and I've got coaches and mentors that I worked with years ago that I'm still loosely in touch with, that I'm applying those principles. So if you are struggling with an issue even one session, you know, like sometimes it's just good to offload one session, you get that clarity. It can just be really helpful if you have got a stressful job, if you've got issues in your relationship, like don't don't struggle by yourself. Like there's there's really no need to. There are people out there that they love. Sometimes I've said to you, like, I worry, like sometimes it's just boring. Like we <laughs> It's never Am boring. Am I boring? <laughs> never. Absolutely not. It's just, life is just so full, isn't it? It's yeah. full of juiciness and there's always something to reflect on and to bring awareness to. Yeah. So, and I think sometimes, it's, and it, the same thing will come up in a variety mm. of ways and that's okay. You know, like sometimes you just want to squash it and you think that you have. And it's like will happen. You're like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm doing it again, or it's coming yeah. up again. And I think that that's life. Like, it's not about the well. I suppose this is my view. It's not about trying to be perfect, and it's not about trying to minimise, you know, life's drama or any issues. It's about when they arise, how can you move through them in in a pace which feels good for you. And sometimes yeah. you want to just, I don't know, you might just want to sit sit in bed for the weekend, watch TV <laughs> and eat chocolate biscuits. And if that's what you need to do, that's up, and that's fine. Mm. It's about how do you process your feelings and emotions and move forwards mm. and not just don't sit in it too long if it's making you feel bad. 
Absolutely. Don't wait for that crisis point or that crossroads. Because like you said, when you came to me, you weren't necessarily, well, you weren't in crisis, you weren't in a crossroads. And actually, that's the ideal time to invest is when things are okay, they're petering along. Maybe there's a few things in the back of your mind that you've been on the to-do list of things to address rather than waiting for crisis point, because it's going to be clearer and easier to work through things when you're in a better position. And also, I think that coming back to the investment thing, we seem to struggle with the concept of investing in ourselves. We we would invest in hundreds or maybe thousands of pounds in a holiday, which might last seven days or two weeks, and it is what it is. And then afterwards, we're back to normal life. But if you think about investing that same amount of money in yourself in working with a coach or a therapist or a personal trainer or nutritionist, whatever it may be, that will support you for years to come, especially if you really create space in your life to apply the things that you 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 work on in the sessions and like you've made really good notes, you can come back to them. And I think when we're investing in ourselves, it can really help us, especially if you're self-employed like you are, it can really help us to invest in the business because you are the business. So by looking after your own health and well-being, it means you're ensuring that you can give your best to the clients, to your staff. So in that way, it's almost an expense, isn't it? Yeah, it is a business. It really is. <laughs> yeah, it really, really is. Yeah, it is. And I would say, I suppose I come at this from, I wasn't in crisis. I just, I want to be the best that I can be. And I really value having the outlet. You know, look, I can talk to my husband. I can talk to my friends, definitely. But I don't always want to talk to my loved ones about, you know, always about the work stuff. Sometimes it's nice to leave work in the office. Mm -hmm. And when I'm at home, just to be free of that and have that, have a dedicated time to talk about that, talk about my goals, talk about, just things happening at work we had a really good discussion around and I didn't make notes on it but I do remember it it was around clarity and our team performance from that conversation has just really improved I think I said you a voice note today saying like team is good it's making me we've got um at this point of recording I've had an intern she is making me be clearer so I can give her really specific Mm. instructions so then she can do her job. Everybody's doing their job. I've had time off this week. Everybody's yeah. doing the work happens and I'm, I've been at home and yeah. it's been really yeah. good. And you're not a business coach. So I think it's, mm. I think coaches, everyone's got their sweet spot. We were talking we talked really quickly about niche, that our conversation started with sleep. And then we've gone round the houses and we've talked about clarity and that's helped me in my business. But you're not a business. You're not a business coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't market yourself as a life coach. I saw you, the words health coach, and I thought, mm-hmm. yes, that's for me. So it's helpful to it's helpful to pick a niche. But actually, once you get to know your client, if you're a good coach or a good consultant or good whatever, whatever you do, as long as you know your scope of practice, you can mm-hmm. deliver. You can give that person what mm-hmm. they they think they need or mm, you can mm. really really help them but that mm. you know I think the the impact on the business yeah. has been tremendous it really yeah. really has and I, I don't think neither of us would have thought no that. no no I think really that's 
I guess as a coach, if I'm doing my best, then I'm not just addressing sleep. I'm looking at you as a whole person. And we know, don't we, how much health can impact on our work and vice versa. Everything's so interlinked. So how can you just break down one part of your life and say, I'm just going to have a business coach or a life coach or a health coach or personal trainer? Really, if you can find someone that can help you navigate through all different aspects of your life, um, then really that's what's going to work best. And I guess that's what's challenging when seeing a GP. And I say this as a GP in that 10 minutes isn't enough time. And also we tend to just work with the symptom that the person's presenting with, whether that be back pain or a headache, whereas actually behind that, and this is why I love the lifestyle medicine approach, there's so much more going on behind behind that symptom. There's the relationships that person's having with their family. There's the stress at work. There's the bereavement. There's the foods that they're eating. There's the amount of sleep they're getting. So it's really about delving delving deep and approaching things holistically. That's really what the word holistic means, isn't it? Encompassing and um, acknowledging all aspects of life and also respecting that uh, different parts of our life can impact on each other as well. And I think the key thing and where we've got to in our sessions now is usually for the first 20 minutes, sometimes half an hour, it's you sharing what's gone on in the week. And even on those weeks where you might think, oh, I'm not sure I've got much to talk about. We we still manage to chat for about half an hour. And I always like to start every session with what's gone well. We're so used to thinking about what's not going well, being hypercritical um, and very over-analytical. So I think in starting all sessions with what's gone well, it helps develop a habit of reviewing the positives and bringing awareness to the positives. And I think, unfortunately, many of us don't feel listened to. And I think that's where the power is in coaching is that I guess in a way I'm a professional listener and I really care, you know, I really care. And it's not very often we have the opportunity to actually just talk and share and for someone to actually just listen for half an hour. They're not talking about themselves. They've not got their own agenda. They're not distracted. There's no technology around. And I think it's a shame, isn't it, that sometimes it's difficult to access access that in other parts of our life, but to really feel listened to. And I have a coach. In fact, I always say to people, if someone doesn't have a therapist, a coach and a mentor, then they're definitely missing out on an opportunity to develop themselves personally and get a greater sense of who they are and work towards that sense of happiness and contentment. And I certainly have all three of those. Um, And at certain times in our life, we may move more towards a coach or more towards a therapist, um, depending on where we are. And they may serve us in in different ways, but it's definitely worth thinking about investing at least in one of those people to begin with. Definitely. I know somebody that recently um, hired a therapist and just think it's really nice we get to that stage where you can say, like, yep, I've had a therapist for very specific, tricky Mm. moments in my life. Mm. Um, I have a coach, I have mentors, and that's just normal. Yeah, and I think no in shame the, in that. No, and I think in the past it would have been like you wouldn't say when you were struggling, you know, like we mm-hmm. all hide it. And I think mm-hmm. it should just be, it's just normal. And I think it's, yeah. it, I think it's, it's, it's necessary. Um, mm-hmm. So two things before we close, or one thing I wanted to share. So in our last couple of last few sessions ago, we're talking about confidence and leading. And I wanted to bring this up because I think lots of people will be able to relate to this and that. I find myself in situations where I don't want to be perceived 
as you know, like the person that's always talking. I don't want to feel like I'm just taking over. And in doing that, because one of my strengths is that I'm modest, my overdone strength is I'm modest. So in I get so much in my head, then I end up saying nothing. Yeah. And I think lots of people, I, well, I hope people can relate to that. You don't want to be seen as like alpha female or anything like that. So you kind of dull yourself down and step back and you do it because you want other people in the group to, to step up and you want to hear other people. Um, but in my particular instance, nobody was saying anything. And in, in the, we'd had a conversation. And in the end, I was like, it was around the terms of reference of the meeting and having a really productive meeting and less we not we just make it a bit more efficient a bit more productive and people in that meeting were like oh Tara thank you so much for saying that like it's really helped so we've changed the frequency we've refined the terms of reference and now we've got real clarity we're preparing for the meeting this is all basic stuff guys but sometimes you know like we all just get swept along and I just yeah. put my time yeah. going back to my boundaries my time's really valuable mm. I can't be wasting my time mm. in meetings Absolutely. which do not go anywhere yeah. so I spoke up and you said something to me it was around you were like you're not taking over you're leading yeah you were worried that you didn't want to be seen as being someone who's taking over and yeah. likes the sound of their own voice and I just said well you're leading and that's your one of your natural characteristics is you're born to lead you're a natural leader it's interesting because I have got a podcast where I just talk about myself. Oh, really? Well, there you go then. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, I suppose my message to anybody that sometimes feels that is that you're you're a leader, and that there will be there will be so many people that we're all so frightened to speak up. Yeah, it's fear um, of judgment, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and there's always someone's like, oh yeah, what does that acronym mean? Everyone's like, I don't know, what does it what does it mean? Yeah. And I think yeah. we shouldn't be frightened to to speak mm. up. And that's a good example yeah. of one of the conversations that we had. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't have to be yeah. mm. I don't know, earth shattering. It mm. can just be I find myself in this meeting, mm. I find myself in a situation, I'm not quite sure how to navigate it. I want it to change. Mm. I'm not quite sure. Can we just chat about mm. it? Mm. I think that's a great example. I think that that's useful to illustrate that if something comes into your mind, a situation, uh, a challenging relationship, thoughts about your weight or the food you're eating or your sleep, and it comes into your mind and you're noticing the thought in your mind, that's fine. If it keeps coming back and it's a recurrent, recurring issue or recurring thought, that's when it needs addressing. So write it down somewhere. And then really it's about then thinking about what's keeping me stuck in this situation? And often it's fear. Fear keeps us stuck where we are. And in that situation for you, it was fear of judgment of others. And most of the time we're, we, we are fearful. We worry about what people think. We want, to, we want people to like us. And I think one way of approaching that is to come back to our values. Okay, so I'm in this meeting. It's, it's not a great use of my time. I'm worried about speaking up. I'm acknowledging that there's a fear there. It's a recurrent theme. It needs addressing. What are my values? Well, my values are um, empowering others or making change. So by coming back to our values, that gives me the answer. I'm going to have to speak up about this mm. because if I'm not speaking up about this, I'm not honouring my values and I'm quieting myself. And actually, often we we make ourselves small 
because we don't want other people to feel uncomfortable or to be put out. And it's really important to not do that because by keeping ourselves small, we're not being authentic. We're not truly being ourselves and we're not giving our best to others. And in that situation, by you speaking up, you helped everyone else in that meeting, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So who is your ideal client? The people thinking, could I work with Helen? Would I be right fit for Helen? Who is your ideal client? <laughs> I think I've probably got two types of ideal client. You are my ideal client. I said that well, to you just obviously. before we started. <laughs> I'm, I'm not just saying that. I know it sounds really cringe. My ideal client would be somebody like yourself who is juggling lots of things in life. Maybe they're a mum, they're running their own business, or they're working for a busy organisation in a management position, a leadership position. They're a female entrepreneur uh, running their own business or startup. And they have goals in terms of where they want their career to be. They're ambitious. They're used to being really hardworking. And maybe they're beginning beginning to notice either because they're in their 30s, um, like I am, or late 30s, early 40s. They're beginning to notice, actually, my health, my work is having an impact on my health. And the older I get, the more I appreciate how important good health is. And by that, I mean both physical and mental health and mental well-being. But life's so busy I don't have time. I just feel like I don't have time. I've tried to set these goals before. I've signed up to a gym. I've got a personal trainer. I've downloaded an app, but I just can't seem to get going. I can't seem to sustain the habits. And I guess that's where I come in and that I can provide the support and accountability and create that space for delving deep and bringing self-awareness. And in two different types of clients, I guess, somebody like you, where it's mainly about what's going on in your life on a week by week basis. But there could be another type of client that I could work with who they really, really want to focus in on their eating habits. So this would be about developing healthy eating habits, looking at their nutrition. My approach is definitely um, an intuitive eating approach and a habit-based approach. So for those people who um, maybe want to improve their health, improve their diet, maybe they want to lose weight, fad diets haven't worked for them. Maybe they're yo-yo dieters and they are sick of being stuck in a rut and going round and round in circles. And they want to build sustainable long-term habits that will serve them moving forward. So where can people find you if they would like to reach out to you? <laughs> so they can find me, you can watch me on the telly. <laughs> um, uh, and you can find me on my website, drhelenlowell.com or on Instagram at drhelenlowell.com. I'm also on Twitter with the same hashtag, or you can email me, which is hello at drhelenlowell.com. Uh, Helen, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure yeah. speaking to you. so much for joining us if you like what you hear I would absolutely love it if you left us an iTunes rating and five star review 
I know many of you give us a shout out on social media, which is lovely to see you guys listening to the podcast. So please come and find us on Twitter at THC Primary Care, on Instagram at THC Primary Care and on LinkedIn. Just look for Tara Humphrey. And if you're not subscribed to our newsletter, please do. It's really, really funny. You get to hear more insights, more confessions, some tips and tools and a roundup of our activity over the week. So click on join the newsletter in the show notes and I will see you in the next episode.